From Studio Day J&J, it's the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast. And now, here's your host of the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast, Jeff Minalia. The 1812 Overture never sounded better. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Jeff Benalia. This is episode 38. We are two episodes away from episode 40. We got a great show for you today, stacked with a whole bunch of wrestling goodness from indies. To mainstream, ladies and gentlemen, let us begin. But first, as always, welcome to the show. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Happy Fan Pod and listen and subscribe to us on the following platforms Anchor, Breaker, Doodle Pod, Podcast, Radio Public. Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Today's main topic of discussion. Wait, rewind. Botch. Today's main topics of discussion. As there was none last episode. So now, to make up for it, we have two main topics to talk about. We have Forbidden Door Results and Thoughts and Blood and Guts Match Thoughts and Results. So, without further ado, let us get started, shall we? With follow-ups, news, and wrestling that's made me happy recently. Let's go! All right, ladies and gentlemen, starting things off. First view Friday number 14. Although I posted it an hour before midnight, I still posted it on a Friday. On the duet day, it's supposed to be out, so it is out on time, technically, <laughs> but it is on the day it was supposed to be out, the first Friday of every month. Remember, we do First View Friday, where I watch a pay-per-view. I don't know why I'm talking like this. I watch a pay-per-view. <laughs> That I've never seen before, for whatever reason. And I review it and and I rate and review it. Uh, 
This month, I watched Fully Loaded 1998, the first ever Fully Loaded pay-per-view. It was an in-your-house originally, but then it shaped it in, into its own uh, pay-per-view until uh, it wasn't. <laughs> it was only lasted three years, but... The reason why I didn't see this pay-per-view was because I was on uh, vacation at the time. I had just graduated junior high, and my parents gave, uh, as, a, as a graduation present, they drove us to um, Cleveland and Cincinnati for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Teens Island and Memphis for Graceland, and then another trip to Florida to visit the grandparents and Disney and always. Um, so yeah, I was on vacation doing this pay-per-view when it first aired, and then for whatever reason, I don't recall ever watching it since then. So it's my first time watching it, and... Uh, Hear what I hate to say about it. Episode is up now. It's under half an hour. So it's very snatchable. Very snatchable. Little, you know, maybe you're doing some grocery shopping or maybe you're doing, uh, I don't know, some errands or you're in the car. You got a 30 minute drive ahead of you. Just, 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 just give it a listen, you know? Just give it a listen. And if you got a long drive ahead of you, listen to this episode. <laughs> But, uh, nevertheless, that's up. But now, ladies and gentlemen, episode 39 coming up. Woo, we are coming up on episode 39, folks. What is episode 39? Well, I made a little trailer you know me and my trailers so here's a little preview of what's to come in episode 39 <clears throat> hear ye, hear ye. The time has arrived on the 16th of July in the year 2022. Thy Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast proudly presents Thy Ultimate King of the Ring Tournament. Featuring all 16 past King of the Ring winners. From the years 1993 to 2021. Winners such as Red Hart, Owen Hart, Mabel, Steve Austin, Hunter Hurst Helmsley, Ken Shamrock, Billy Dunn, Kurt Angle, Edge, Brock Lesnar, Booker T, William Regal, Seamus, Bad News Barrett, Baron Corbin, and its most recent king, Xavier Woods. Watch as they battle it out 
in a 16-man single elimination tournament to determine who is thy ultimate king of the ring. So join us, won't you? Otherwise, off with your head. No, just join us. July 16th, episode 39. Ultimate King of the Ring Tournament. That's right, it's the Ultimate King of the Ring Episode 39. Um, great stuff, great stuff coming. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, now it's time for my favorite segment within a segment, the wrestling that's made me happy recently segment. All right. A lot of, a lot of stuff. This was this has been a stat couple of weeks. Uh, between AEW and indie wrestling and more AEW. <laughs> but for, I mean, seriously, for what it's worth, it's uh pretty pretty uh amazing stuff that, that uh went down. All right. Starting with stuff that's made me happy basically wrestling. So Danielson comes down a couple weeks ago. All right. Excuse me. Not a couple weeks ago. Oh, wait. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, last week. But that's considered a couple weeks ago. Um, June 22nd edition of Dynamite, uh, Daniel, excuse me, Brian Danielson came down and he said he can't be, he can't wrestle at Forbidden Door or Blood and Guts, but he has a suitable replacement. Uh, Hint, I mean, unless you lived under a rock and you don't know who the suitable replacement was, I'll give you a hint that intro to start the show off today has something to do with it. And if you don't know whose intro that was, well, you'll find out shortly, a little later, when we talk about it in the Forbidden Door results. Uh, Christian, when we last left off Christian, he turned heel on, um, I just realized something. He turned heel on, oh, that's what it was, never mind. He turned heel on Jungle Boy. That's what it was. Uh, I was thinking out loud. Uh, just, just, you know, I, I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't I do a question about Christian already last episode? And no, but I did do a heel turn um, transition. It was my top five heel turns in wrestling uh, last episode. Which, by the way, if you haven't listened to it, Go check it out. 
I mean, it was it was a miscellaneous. It was a smorgasbord of of uh, just wrestling talk, but stupid listen for what it's worth. Um, hell, give all of my episodes. If you if you're new to the pod, please do me a favor. Listen to some old episodes. Make my uh, views drop, please. Just like, come on, what happened? We we used to be good, and then we're fluctuating, and then I don't know. Anyway, I digress. Um, so that promo from Christian, by the way, my God, the the the, the comment he made about uh, you know Jack Perry's father, the late uh, Lute Perry, my I, whew, what a bastard, <laughs> and not to be mistaken with Pot. I mean, he's definitely, um, he's definitely uh, a heel. And uh, I'm actually here for it. I'm actually all here for it. And now, unexpected turn of events, which we'll get to, like I said, later. He, he's with, uh, he's with Luchasaurus now. But we'll, we'll talk about that in the Q&A, because like I said, there's a question about him in the Q&A coming up later in the show. But I really loved Christian's heel promo. Um, Malachi Black versus Penta in a All-Atlantic title qualifier. Another fantastic uh, show. Um, another fantastic match. And showing from uh, both men. Malachi in the end. Defeated Penta to qualify. Um, Handman Adam Page defeated Silas Young. Silas Young, I've only seen him in a, a handful of times. I, I'm pretty sure I saw him wrestle at the Super Tart of Honor I was in, if I'm not mistaken. I can't honestly remember, but I think I did. But he he's a big dude. He's um he's a strong dude. He take no shit from anyone individual. And um Hainman ended up beating him. To which uh Adam Cole and Jay White were about to team up on Hainman when all of a sudden coin drop Rainmaker Hokiana makes his AEW debut. And the fans lost their damn minds, myself included, at home. And uh it was it was it was chaos. It was crazy. Yeah, no pun intended, because he's in chaos. But um <laughs> I ironically um, and then in the main event that night on uh, Dynamite, it was Moxley teaming up with Tanahashi, his opponent for Forbidden Door, taking on Jericho and Lance Archer. Welp, this match was wild, and in the end, Jer- uh, Tanahashi, excuse me, won with high five flow onto uh, Archer. But I'll tell you what, after the match, 
was more chaos between Blackpool Combat Club and Kingston uh, and and you know Santana and Ortiz and the Jericho Appreciation Society. But also to note, um, all the chaos going on outside the ring. Meanwhile, inside the ring, you had the most interesting stare downs between Tana and Moxley. Like they didn't take their eyes off each other once. They just they didn't they didn't see what the hell was going on. No one came in the ring and interfered. They just stared each other down. You know, talking trash or talking whatever. You know, and my God, they they they. It was a stare down to end the show. Just heading into Forbidden Door, and it was uh, quite an interesting, uh, interesting way to end the show with chaos in the outside and a, just a stare down on the inside. Uh, Sunday was a big day, wrestling wise. Uh, wife, uh, my dad, my wife, and I went to uh, indie fellow a local indie promotion show. Though, like the one I went back to in uh, was it March or was it April? I think it was March, if I'm not mistaken. March, yeah, it was March. Um, we went back to USA Pro, and I got to, uh, we got to see some great matches again. Uh, I got to meet, uh, I went in support of, uh, my friend, uh, Simon Says, who wrestled the main event against Jerry Lawler in a Kiss My Foot match. More on that in a little bit, but uh, I got to meet uh, Brian Myers once again. Got a picture with him and autograph. Um, autograph one of my uh, figures I had recently won in a uh, giveaway on the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast Facebook community. Um, shout out to Shawnee Tarfield for doing that. Uh, fellow Major March. And uh, if you don't know, the Major Marks are what we call ourselves on the Major Wrestling Fitted Podcast community. Um, I did not bring this up in news, but when it airs, Actually, nah, I'll say that for next week's follow-ups, uh, for the next episode follow-ups. Never mind. I'm not going to say anything. You'll just be surprised when it comes out. Um, What was I doing? What was I saying? Oh, yeah, USA Pro. So, Brian had a match. He wrestled, uh, he was supposed to wrestle Toledo, but for whatever reason, he wrestled uh, Chris Adonis, a.k.a. Uh, the former... Uh, Masterpiece, Chris Masters. Uh, great match. Thanks to the help of uh, Carlito. Um, Myers. Uh, some uh, Well, he didn't. He, he, he got knocked out 
from the from the master lock. I think that's what he calls it. So is it the Adonis lock now? I, I don't know. Either way, uh, he lost. And then after the match was over, he stated that next next time he makes his appearance in um, USA Pro, he won't be alone. So speculation is that Matt Cardona, hopefully once he's healed by then, would be making an appearance at the next USA Pro show, which, by the way, is October 30th, Halloween Eve, two days after my 39th birthday. My God, I'm old AF. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, what other matches were did I did we see that it were great? Serpentico, um, last show I saw him and his old former partner, Rios, have a hell of a match. This time, great showing from uh, Serpentico against a man I'm not too familiar with, uh, Troy Hollywood. I'm not going to lie. I don't know much about this guy, but he impressed me at the show. So shout out to him. Great match between the two of them. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Serpentico won. Yes. Meanwhile, Vios fought a gentleman by the name of Gino Medina. That match was great as well. Uh, a lot of chops. Oh, my God, the chops. Holy shit, the chops in that match. And then, um, but... Uh, Another uh, great showing was from the USA Pro champion, James Storm, who was supposed to fight Vordell Walker in the last man standing. However, he, he Vordell was not able to make it, I guess. I don't know why. That's not in my... I don't know. They didn't say why. I didn't mention why. I didn't ask why. But uh, in his place was a gentleman by the name of Tom Latimer, who I, I also do not know much about, but I was impressed. Um, he was quite the specimen, this Tom Latimer. Pretty jacked. Um, good stuff. Great match between the two, too. Uh, funny spot in the match happened when uh, James Storm uh, poured a bag of uh, Cheetos down Latimer's trunks to which the crowd responded in what I can only describe as the first ever Cheeto butt chant. <laughs> and that was pretty, that popped me. Because uh, I'm a fucking degenerate. Anyway, uh, no. <laughs> it just, I don't know, it was, it was pretty funny. Um, anyways... James Storm won that match. Oh my God. The match before the main event. Brian Cage against PCO. Jesus H. Christ. PCO is not human. I, it's wild the stuff he does at his age 
it boggles my mind how he puts his body on the line like that at what like 54 years of age holy shit great great match between the two of them but hard hitting uh fuck who did cage ah, i want to say cage one i'm pretty sure yes cage did his uh cage actually picked the fucking guy up for his uh that um shit what's it that's that that driver that he does i can't remember the name of it but he did it on to pco the giant pco and he actually won the match um great showing by both men and then in what was basically considered hit considered to him a dream match which you know i couldn't be more proud for him uh simon says to to the ring to face the legend jerry the king lawler and i kissed my foot match uh believe it was hold on let me let me let me let me get this right now 95 wait yes no yes 95 um 27 years. Jesus Christ. I had to do that mentally. Holy fuck. 27 years and a day after the original Kiss My Foot match between Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler. Um, brain botched. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was entertaining stuff. Fucking Jerry. Jerry used a fireball to the face. Jerry, Jerry's a wizard. <laughs> no, he did a fireball to the face of Simon. And then uh, I think he made Simon kiss his own foot, a la the way Brett did against against him. I, I think that's what happened. And then the match ended, but eventually, ultimately, Simon ended up losing because Jerry made... Simon kisses foot. Uh, but man, um, let us said, could not be happier for my friend. Um, and then after the match was cool, the wife and I got to get in the ring and take a picture with Simon. He had, because um, he's, he's a trivia host as well. And he had a bunch of uh, Simon Time trivia players there in attendance. So whoever was in attendance for him uh, got a uh, to do a photo opportunity in the ring with him, which is pretty cool. Uh, I posted about I post those pictures on my personal page. I want to say, shit, did I not post? Did I not post them on my social? On my on the Facebook page, 
I thought I did, but if I didn't, I'll, I'll post it after, after the. Uh... Oh yeah, I'll post it. Um, in the uh, episode uh, picture. Yeah, that's what I'll do. All right. Regardless. Anyways, um, by the way, very weird stepping into an actual ring. Like, I know wrestlers do it. Like, it's no problem. But when you got me, who barely does it, I've only did it one other time. I don't know. It's just so weird. Like, how? I was trying to figure out, like, how the fuck do I do this? Like, I know it's, I know it, it's, it's as simple as just walk between the, what just walk through the ropes, right? But it's like the way you gotta like lift your leg, like which way do I lift my leg? Do I go leg up? You know, lay down. I it was very, I don't know. It's very weird trying to get in an actual fucking wrestling ring, and then the fact that um, you know you're in the ring and you see all the sweat on the mat and shit like that. It's pretty, pretty wild stuff. But and then getting out of it too is another. Um, it's it just I don't know. It just it was pretty weird and pretty awesome at the same time. Uh, stepping into an actual wrestling ring, so I always, you know, I was so cool that they that he did that. Um, he let us do that along with a bunch of others. But um, but yeah, definitely check if you are in the Florida area. I suggest you check out USA Pro Wrestling in October. Uh, the JCC uh, Rosen Center, Town Square, Orlando, whatever it's called. Um, October 30th, 2022, the next show. I will definitely be there. For sure. For sure. All right. And then obviously what we'll get into later on the entire freaking Forbidden Door uh, card I enjoyed, as well as the Blood and Dust match. But we'll get in all that in just a little bit. But first, that's all the follow-ups and news and wrestling that's made me happy. But coming up next, before we get into all that, Let's go over the top with a rather interesting topic. Over the top is the segment where you, the listener, send me, the host, a category and a number of said category. And I go over the top list of whatever territory you give me. For example, you give me top five finishers. I'll list off my top five finishers. All right, this week's topic. Over the top topic category. Let's rewind. This this week's over the top category. That's a botch. Uh, from comes from Eric Fresner. 
He wants to know my top five favorite war games matches. Now, as previously stated, this is a rather interesting, interesting topic. It's an interesting topic because, full disclosure, believe it or not, I haven't actually seen a lot of War Games matches. I've only seen a, a handful. In fact, well, okay, actually, yeah. As far as WCW versions go, I've only seen 95, 96, and 97. Anything after or before then, never seen. I mean, I I don't know why. I mean, I know why. Because, one, I wasn't watching it in the early days. And, two, uh... After 97, you know, I, I started gearing more towards WWF rather than WCW um, along the lines of pay-per-views and stuff. So I mostly watched those instead of the WCW ones. But um, I watched a couple NXT. I definitely watched a couple NXT ones when I was watching NXT. So they were good. And then I I would have to include like the variations. Like it's the same concept, just different uh name with um with blood and guts, you know. So and and and, and now you said now this is you're asking me my top five favorite war dance matches. Believe it or not, I even have an indie wrestling version on my list. So, without, I don't know why I keep on saying, without further ado, I don't know how many fucking times I said that in this episode, but um, here we go. Number, number five, uh, the first ever women's and that's the NXT women's war games match which let me look at my notes real quick on my phone because I have a screenshot of who was in that match I mean just to refresh my memory, I remember I remember watching it, but I just can't remember who was in it. No, um, hold on, let me see. Okay, yeah, it was Team Ripley with Rhea Ripley, Kansas LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Detroit Tai. Um, and I believe that's the one where Dakota turned on knots. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. And then it was, um, they defeated Team Baszler of Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kaylee Ray. What the? 
Whatever happened to Taylor Wade? She didn't released. Anyways, um, no, uh, that was a honest question. I really don't know, and I really haven't watched the pod to to, to know. Um, nevertheless, it's number five. Why is it number five? Because I mean, it's a War Games match. It was a historic first ever women's War Games. Uh, concept. So, I mean, that was pretty badass. Um, whether or not other women promotions have done it in the past, I do not know. So, I apologize if they have done this match concept in the past. But as far as I know, this to me is the first ever women's war games. Uh, and it happened at uh, the same takeover. That another favorite of mine happened at, but we'll get to that later. Uh, number four. This is the one I was talking about. The Vintage Wrestling Survival Games 2014. On one side, you had the team of the Circle of Disrespect, better known as Simon Says and Francisco Tiazzo teaming up with the Dark City Fight Club of Holy Shit and Oh, John Davis and Wait, fuck How am I Hold on How am I blanking on the names right now Come on Hold on, I, I'm uh okay. I'm not blanking on the names, but like, I just realized something about their last. If that's the actual last, if that's the last names of both of them, I just discovered something pretty wild. I don't know why this is popping me so much, but hold on. <laughs> How did I not realize this earlier? Let's let's see here. Dark City Fight Club. Holy shit, it is. Okay. John Davis and Corey Chavis. Davis and Chavis. How did I not how did that not how did I not put that together before? I, I don't know why that popped me so much. But anyway, they teamed up. <laughs> With Milo Beasley. Holy shit. Hey, episode eight guest Milo Beasley, by the way. If you have not listened to that episode, go all the way back and listen to that. That's about 30 episodes ago. Holy shit, that's a lot of episodes ago. Um, but no, um, and they fought the team of Beast Mode. And they teamed up with uh, Death Row, Death Row. Leo Gold and Mike Cruz. My God! So this was an actual. Um, this was this was a war game similar to NXT. To be fair, the 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 the, the, the cage had no top to it. Um, oh, one cool thing to note. The team of Dark City Fight Club, Citadel of Disrespect, and Milo Beasley was managed by the legendary J.J. Dillon. Um, anyways, 
So, like I said, this match was pretty fantastic to see live. I saw this, I witnessed this live. Um, the team of Says, Chiazzo, Chavis, Davis, and Beasley ended up winning. Uh, but there was some controversy. And there was a uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's on tip my tongue. Come on, miscommunication. There you go. There you go. Uh, I gotta stop fucking recording these so late at night. My brain botches like a motherfucker. Uh, between Tiazzo and Says, which set up their wrestle brawl, uh, sits match. Uh, for the Vintage Wrestling Championship. But nevertheless, it was an amazing match. Mike Cruz is insane. He did a fucking senton from the top of the cage onto all the men below. Um, it was nuts. It was really nuts. Um, definitely deserves to be on this list. Now, like I said, out of the select handful of matches that I've seen, that's why. Um, number three. Of the three WCW ones I've seen, my favorite of the three was Fall Ball 97, where the Horsemen went up against the NWO. You had Conan. You had X. Excuse me. Sits. You had... Kevin Nash, and you had, oh yeah, Badwell, go up against Flair, Benoit, McMichael, and Henning. And the finish came when Henning turned on Flair and slammed the cage door on Flair's head. Um, epic heel turn from, from Perfect, from Henning. But I'll tell you what, what a run it would have been had he not turned on the Horseman and he was a member. Did I not? I think this was a topic on the what if episode? Hmm. Damn. I can't remember. I know I saw the question or the what if, but I don't know if I covered it in the what if uh, episode or not. But I know I I know it was a suggestion given to me. But um you know what what a, what a run it would have been. You know, who know if took the place of Arn in the Horseman. Um, would have been would have been pretty epic. I'm not gonna lie. But nevertheless, so out of the three, like I said, out of the three WCW ones I've seen, that was my favorite. Um, I believe future Fall Brawl or future first few Friday episodes. Uh, that feature war games matches 
should be uh, seen in the very near future. So we shall see how that goes. But um, anyways, number two. But I'm not going to lie. It's a tie at two. Because I can't, I can't decide between the two. The Blood and Guts matches. Both of them were fantastic. Um, we're going to get into the recent one at the end of the show. But uh, during the main topic. But just both fantastic matches. First time ever sits on six. Uh, War Games type match between the Jericho Appreciation Society and the Blackpool Combat Club with Tinston, Santana, and Ortiz. Um, just a fantastic showing from both teams. And then the, the original Blood and Guts featuring the Pinnacle against the Inner Circle. Uh, it's hard to pit between the two, which I like better, so I I put both of them on here. I know it's cheating, but I don't give a shit. So <laughs> it's my show uh, and my list. And my but my favorite War Games match, believe it or not, that I've seen. Probably not your traditional War Games, but it was the undisputed error against Team Chopper. From NXT TakeOver Chicago as the team of Adam Cole, baby, Bobby Fish, Tyler Riley, and Roderick Strawn lost to Team Champa, which we said Tommaso Champa, Keith Lee, Donovan. Excuse me, Dominic Dijakovic and Kevin Owens. I remember taking a picture at the end of that match. Everyone was on the floor. And I tweeted it out and I, with the caption, no one will survive indeed. Because they played, that was his, that was Champa's theme. Um, at the time, and I tagged all of them in it, and it was just mad respect to all. Was it ten of those guys? Yeah, ten of those. Wait, wait, ten or eight? What the fuck? How did I? How did I? One, two, three, eight of those guys. Excuse me. Oh my god! All right. Uh... My head was off to all eight of those competitors. It was a hell of a match. Uh, insane table spot. Oh my god, that's right. That's when. Oh god, that's when uh, Chapa did his finisher through the uh, through a table from the top of the fucking cage on the onto Toll. Uh, my god, poor Toll. Oh jeez, we'll get to that later too. But, um, but, yeah, that was my favorite War Games match of the ones that I've seen. But like I said, 
as I see more down the line, this list will change. They all to change. This is just my opinions. If you have a better list, then by all means, go for it. It's what you like. Nothing set in stone here on the Happy Birthday Fan Podcast. All right, so who's ready to talk Forbidden Door and Blood and Guts? I am coming up right now. So, full disclosure. Um, one of the things about the USA Pro shows is that there's a shit ton of matches on them and the shows tend to run kind of long. Even though it started at 3 o'clock, I was thinking, okay, this show during the day, Forbidden Door at night. Guys, I didn't get out of there at USA Pro till about fucking... It was after 8, almost 9. So I didn't get home till about 9, 9.30. Uh, and then I just watched wherever it was in the Forbidden Door um, from that point to the, the finish. So one of the reasons why I recorded this pod so late is because not only do I work on my notes last minute, but I also was watching what I missed from the show. I uh, did not watch the buy-in, so I won't be talking about that. But, um, yeah, I'll just be talking about the main card. And, uh, yeah, this was a... Okay, as cursed as this pay-per-view was, and I say that because of all the injuries and the illnesses, and it could have been, and what could have been, you know, um, it could have been a great, even better card than, uh, honestly, but for what they had to work with in the end, I say it was still a pretty damn banger of a card. I mean, my God, they, they, Fantastic. Fantastic. Will there be a Forbidden Door 2? Honestly, I hope so. And I hope it's not as cursed as the first. Hey, that rhymed. All right. Starting things off, we had Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Suzuki take on Eddie Kingston, Yuta. Wheeler Yuta and Shota Umino. Shooter himself. Uh, great showing from all six competitors in this match. I liked uh, the spot with Kingston and Suzuki just going at it. And then he's doing the machine gun chops. To no effect on Suzuki. He just fucking walks right into them. And walks, you know, out of the corner into the... I mean, it was it was, it was was wild. 
It was wild to see. Suzuki's a beast. <laughs> and uh, Umino had a great showing. He even did the, the walls to uh, Chris Jericho himself until um, was, it was broken up by, uh, I believe, Suzuki? Suzuki or Sammy, one of the two broke it up. But in the end, it was a Judas effect to Umino that ultimately made Jericho, Stovara, and Suzuki win, and also giving an advantage in the Blood and Guts match uh, with the man advantage uh, that coming Wednesday as a result. But overall, it was a great, great match. Great, great opening match between the sets of them. Uh, speaking of the sets of them, the winner take all, Rina Bana and IWGP tag title match. Three-way match between FTR, the Pundi Vice, and United Empire. FTR, without a doubt, I'm going to, okay, there was a friend of the show, a friend of real life, Chris Susan asked, uh, uh, suggested a, the, uh, one of his, 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 over the t- his over the top suggestion, I'm just going to say it, uh, was top five tag teams currently. And he gave me his. All fucking five spots were FTR. F T fucking R is without a doubt the top tad team in the wrestling scene today. I don't give a fuck who agrees or not, but come on, let's go. FTR winning, retaining the Ring of Honor titles and winning. The IWGP heavyweight tag team titles. I don't know the heavyweight. No, just the tag team titles. Fantastic. Fantastic. Does this mean we need to see him in Japan now? I hope. I hope. Uh, Fantastic match all around. One point in the match where Dax looked injured. He had to be taken to the back. But then he came back and had an impressive hell of a hell of a showing. Match ended up with a big rig and the one, two, three, and your winners and new, new IWGP Tad Team Champions. Seven star FTR. You give them seven stars, mofo. Um, <laughs> fucking Dave. <laughs> the All Atlantic Championship, uh, Fatal Four Way match. Now this is another match that, unfortunately, due to injury, Ishii could not make it. Uh, but instead, Clark Connors was put in his place. Now. I have not been following. 
really any of the New Japan stuff with the USA, like the LA Dojo stuff, um, recently. The what 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 was the strong, was it strong style unleashed or something like that? I have not followed that show, and I haven't followed New Japan in general in in a while, like I used to. I'm not gonna lie. So I didn't know much about Connors, but damn it, I was impressed with his uh, outing in this match. He 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 had me believe that he almost should have won the damn thing. Uh, but he didn't. But that's okay. However, the man who did win, I could not be more happy with. Because uh, he definitely deserved it. Um, great showing. Great match from these four. It was nuts. It was chaos. There was there was tables, spots. There was I, just double team moves. There was a fucking, <laughs> it almost looked like Pac was going to submit to uh, Game Over from Miro, but he made it to the ropes. No. He almost made it to the ropes. Then he pulled him back, and as he was looked like he was about to tap, in comes Malachi Black with the Black Mist into Miro's face. And... Uh, and then I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, that eliminated Miro. Not eliminated him as in, like, eliminate. It wasn't an elimination match, but, like, that took him out of the equation for the match. And then uh, Black had Tano's in a submission. And to which um, Pac took the advantage. And did a 450 on to Black, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And then the submission move on to Connors, which made him submit. And your winner and first ever All-Atlantic AEW champion, uh, the Bastard. Pot. Fantastic. The Dudes with Attitudes, which is a very interesting name, but I guess it's an old reference to an old WCW team back in the day, if I'm not mistaken. But Dudes with Attitudes, Sting, Darby Allen, and Shindo Tatagi. And what was supposed to be Hiromu Takahashi, but unfortunately, Hiromu got ill and could not attend Forbidden Door. That sucks because I'm a big Hiromu fan. Um, but anyway, they fought the Bullet Club. And this is, by the way, this match is the match we came home on. Like we, we came home and it was in the middle of the match. Uh, and this match was in progress while uh, when we turned it on, when we first turned it on that night. So this is where we started the pay-per-view for us that night. Uh, Sting with the no-sell is one thing. La, there's some of that was not selling as much that they probably should have. 
or not as much as they should have. But uh, in the end, uh, Shindo got the pin over El Phantasmo. By the way, they fought Bullet Club. It was Young Bucks and El Phantasmo. They were back in Bullet Club for one day only. Um, by the way, what about that entrance from Sting? Holy shit. The man is nuts. The man is <laughs> 63 and crazy. I mean, I, I, okay, to be honest, I thought he was legit. I thought the real Sting was up in the rafters and he was legit going to do like a fucking repel. But thank God that, that wasn't the case. And he just, instead, he dove off the entrance uh, hole stage thing. But my God, I insane. Insane. Holy shit. Um, and then he no-sold the fucking super tits. It, it's just, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. But, um, but in the end, Stain Darby and uh, Shindo got the win. Uh, next match, Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. The only match on the card that I felt is kind of out of place because it wasn't really forbidden door about it. Like, there was no, like, they could have had someone from stardom, but I, I did the whole uh, the visa issues and stuff like that that probably prevented them from doing that. But uh, nevertheless, still a decent match between the two. Uh, say what you will about Thunder Rosa. I think she's been hell of a champion so far. I don't know who she would lose it to, to be honest with you. So only time will tell. But um, but yeah, and then, and then, probably what I consider to be match of the fucking night, Will Ospreay against Orange Cassidy. By the way, like I said, have not been following the New Japan product lately. The whole thing with this being a U.S. title match, Will's the champion apparently, but Juice Robinson still has the title for some reason. By the way, Juice Robinson is in the Bullet Club. What? Anyway, um, I mean, I, I, that's, that's a lie. I, I knew about that ahead of time, but uh, it's just wild to me. Um, so I don't know what's going on there, so I can't comment on it, but still. The two of them, my God. And then the aftermath, after uh, Will defeated Cassidy, Ozzy Open and the rest of the United Empire came down to attack Orange Cassidy. But Bundy Vice came down to try to help him. But then whose music hit? Whose music hit and who went crazy? Not just me. No, no. The fans in the United Center blew the mother effing roof off. 
Shibata made his presence felt at Forbidden Door with a huge pump kit to Osprey and then a rear naked choke before Aussie Open pulled Will out to safety. But my God. And then the cool thing was between uh, a cool moment between <laughs> Orange Cassidy and uh, Shibata is Orange went to put his uh, sunglasses on uh, Shibata and gave him the you know the, the thumbs up. That was a pretty cool uh, moment uh, at the show. But I can't believe when I heard that music. I'm like, holy shit! It's Shibata, legend, legend in New Japan. Um, yeah, okay. So now it's time for Zach Saber Jr to face Brian Danielson's replacement and the newest member of the Blackpool Combat Club. Cue that 1812 overture. It's Claudio Castanodli. Did I say that right? I hope I said that right. Castanodli. It's Claudio. (laughs) Jesus Hugest pop of the night, loudest pop of the night, by the way, by far. I was losing my damn mind. Um, great, great, great back and forth match between uh, him and ZSJ. Definitely very deserving, suitable replacement for Danielson. I kind of knew, I mean, I had a feeling that it was going to be him. Uh, I couldn't picture anyone else. It could be that you go toe-to-toe with Zach than a guy like Claudio. So I kind of had an inkling, but, you know, it's one of those seeing until, it's one of those things where you got to see it to believe it. And when I saw it, I believed it. And my God, like I said, that pop was insane. Um, then the four-way IWGP title match happened. Great match. Weird ending. Um, Jay White ended up winning the match somewhere along the lines. Unfortunately, Adam Cole, I believe, got a concussion. Uh, I don't know when it happened, per se, but he got a concussion in the match. And, you know, that shit happens. Uh, my heart goes out to the guys who put their bodies on the line. Yes, it's predetermined, but you can still get injured. As you clearly seen these past few months, injuries can happen. And, uh, you know, my best wishes go out to Adam Cole that he, um, that he's feeling better now. And, 
scary, scary shit. Um, but nevertheless, Jay White retained the IWGP title and it was a great match up until that ending it was a weird ending like i said but it was it was a pretty epic fight up until then um and then the main event so here's okay the main event was good could it have been better yes would I have wanted a different outcome? Hear me out. Yes. Here's why. Obviously, Moxley won and became the interim AEW champion. But, which technically made him, I guess, a two-time AEW champion. Regardless of it being interim or not. I don't know how that works. But, um, so here's the thing. (sighs) My only issue is okay, say we were originally supposed to get Tanahashi versus Punk, right? So, why not make Tana win um, but then I guess is Tana in the G1? I think Tana's in the G1, so maybe that's why. Maybe that's why they did it now that I think about it. Yeah, okay, but let's say he wasn't in the G1, or let's say he could have worked around it to where he could have went back and forth between the G1 and uh, America. Japan and America, rather. And he was the AEW interim champion. It would have been a little less predictable. It would have been different. And we would have gotten eventually CM Punk versus Tanahashi. I still want to see that match. I still want to see that match. This match, however, between Moxley and Tanahashi, yeah. It was still great. But like I said, did I want Moxley to win? Not going to lie. Not really. But hey, he won. Now we're going to get Mots was punk at some point, at some juncture. My guess would be all out. But uh, it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. So, overall, great pay-per-view, top to bottom, believe it or not. Um, they always, they never, they always deliver. AW pay-per-views always deliver in some way, shape, or form. I shouldn't say always. I might have jinxed it, but I hope I didn't. Uh, but I have yet to see a bad AW pay-per-view. Can't say the same about WWE, which by the way, Yes, I know today is Money in the Bank. Will I watch it? I don't know. Will I talk about it next, uh, on the next episode of the pod? We'll see. Probably, but we'll see. I, I'm, I, fuck, I might watch it. I don't know. 
If I'm bored, I'll watch it. I'm, I'm not gonna be bored. I, I got shit to do today. No, um, uh, what you call it? Where was I? Oh yeah. So now that that's over with, let's talk about. Well, first, okay. If I had to pick three favorite matches from the from uh, Forbidden Door, if I had to pick my top three, uh, number three would be tag titles. Number two would be the four way All Atlantic Championship. And number one would be Osprey versus. Uh... Oh wait a minute, Osprey versus Cassidy. I already fucked myself because I really like Claudio and uh, ZSJ too. Probably should have said top three. Probably should have went top five. But you know that's okay. Okay, add top five and add Claudio and ZSJ and uh, Tanahashi and Moxley into that match. And you do my top five favorite matches on that show. Moving on. Blood and guts. And my God, was there blood. Just when I thought it could not be more violent than the first match. Boy, was I wrong. Holy shit. You had glass. You had tacks. You had barbed wire bats. You had tables. You had kendo sticks. It was a beautiful massacre is the only way I can describe it. <laughs> I mean, my God. Oh, I can't even. I can't even. Here was the entry. The order of entry. You had Devara. And Claudio started the thing off. Claudio kicking ass, kicking Sammy's ass. Garcia comes out to say that the man advantage, remember. Garcia comes out next. He's taking care of both of them. And um I think I believe he busts Garcia open, if I'm not mistaken. It was him. And if it wasn't him, it was then uh then it was Yuta. So, Garcia gets busted open early on in the match somehow. And uppercut after uppercut, my God, the, the 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 man is inhuman. Uh, he's a Superman, Swiss Superman. After Yuta, out comes Hader, and there was a huge "We the People" chant as Claudio and Hader went at it. Um, which I was thinking about this today. What the hell? It wasn't we the people. That was the catchphrase. But what the hell was the tag team name? Why can't why 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 the hell am I drawing a blank on their tag team name? Was it the real Americans? No. It was some it was something American. I can't remember. Nevertheless, they went at it. Huge pop, crowd pops huge. Moxley comes in, brings in blasts, 
poor Angelo Parker gets fucking pile driven on the fucking glass. Uh, the, 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 uh, Parker and Daddy Magic Matt Menard, man, my God, the 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 blood loss between this match and the fucking anarchy in the arena from Double or Nothing. I I don't understand how they have enough blood left in them, but it was nuts. Um, anyway, Moxley. And then Angelo, and then you got uh, Ortiz came in, and then Matt Menard came in. Santana came in, and of all the things that injure, of all the the violent shit that happened in this match. You would think, you would think a move like a urinagi would not injure someone, but apparently that's what took out Santana. He does a urinagi on Daniel Garcia. Shit's automatically wrong with his leg. You can tell. So he's basically done the rest of the match. He is out. He has done the rest of the match. Unfortunately, that's very unfortunate. Hope he's okay. But the match goes on, and there was tax, and there was um, Jericho comes in with the bat. Santana bought a table and a barbed wire bat, by the way, in the, in the fray. And then, um, and then finally, once Jericho comes in, finally. Eddie Kingston comes in with a kendo stick, proceeds to beat the shit out of everyone with the kendo stick. On his way, he's making a beeline towards Jericho. Jericho and Kingston go at it. Fucking Angelo, <laughs> Angelo Parker made somehow managed to go crawl through the middle part of the where the changes meet. There was a, you know, a structure there that had, it wasn't a cage. It was like, oh, what's the scaffolding? No, it was like a fucking, what's the word called? Was that the word? Is that the right word, scaffolding? No, it was like a, like a structure. My apologies. I got uh, cut off because the, the, sed, the sediment ended. Um, what the hell do you call it? The rid between the rid that held the cages together, I guess. He managed to crawl through there, and then he's just hanging there by his leg, upside down. And you did this gruesome shot of a uh, close up of him, just a bloody fucking mess. And it was from the glass that that Motley entered in the fray. I mean, it was just, it was chaos. Then what happened was Ty Conti knocks out the ref, grabs the keys, unlocks the, one of the, the, the chains to the doors, to one of the doors, allowing um, Jericho to escape. However, Ruby Riot comes, excuse me, my God, Ruby Soho comes down and, uh, 
Apple to JR. And uh, fucking attached uh, Ty Conti. So now that's a cat fight on the outside. And then they go to the back. Meanwhile, Jericho climbs up the structure. Uh, Eddie follows. Or, or is it Claudia that follows first? And then... It's one of the two. And then Matt Menard comes up. No! Okay. Wait. How did it go? Okay. I think Jericho went up first. Then Kingston went after him. Then Sammy came up. Then Sammy came down via Kingston throwing him off the fucking top of the cage through uh, the tables below. And then I believe uh, Daddy Magic and Claudio made their way up too at that point. And they, um, Sammy did the, Sammy, fucking Claudio did the big swing on the Jericho while on top of the cage. That was the scariest shit I've ever seen. One, because you don't know if the cage is going to give way. And two, because what if he, like threw him off the fucking cage. I don't know, mid swing, but uh, that wasn't the case. And then uh, that's when he did the sharpshooter on him. But Daddy Magic interfered, and then that's also when the match finishes, where they're all on the top, and you know you can't win a match unless you give up, right? There's no pinfalls. So, the match ends where we got dual submissions. You have Sharpshooter from Claudio on Daddy Magic on one end. And on the other hand, you got the uh, the move that Eddie did on Jericho at Full Gear. Wait, was it Full Gear or was it Revolution? Revolution? No. Yeah. Yeah, a revolution. My bad. And um, I can't. It was the, the the arm stretch thing. I can't think of the name of it right now. But uh, he had him in that. Jericho didn't tap, however. Daddy Magic did, thus making Claudio win. Thus, the reason he. His song was the intro to this pod because not only not only did he make his surprise debut at Forbidden Door, he won for the team of Moxley, Blackpool Combat Club, and Kingston Santana Ortiz. He won the match for them, much to the dismay of Eddie. Also, another fact: apparently. Eddie and and excuse me, Eddie and Claudio have a past, have a history. I am unfortunately unfamiliar with that history. I might need to go brush up on some Ring of Honor past um, and uh, see for myself what that is. But um, am I looking forward to a Claudio and Tinston feud? Absolutely. But in the end, they they uh, you know coexisted, 
Claudio. Uh, it looked like Team Sin and you know congratulated Claudio and everyone except Santana flying the top of the cage. They all raised their hands in victory. Even Bryce Rimswood went up there. They all raised their hands in victory. Uh, and the win. And it was just, like I said, it was a beautiful massacre is the best way to describe it. <laughs> you know, it was just, I, it was just insane. Uh, the, 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 the spots and the, the violence and the tats and the, uh, it was nuts. Crazy, crazy match. Sooner or later, will Eddie Kingston get his revenge on Jericho? To be decided, to be determined, we shall see. Um, all I know after the okay, did not watch, but heard the result of the Royal Rampage Battle Royal, to where the winner fights his interim champion John Moxley first. Brody King actually won the match. Should be. An interesting title match coming up sometime in the near future, I would imagine. Overall, Blood and Guts 2, A+. Outstanding. Forbidden Door, outstanding. This main topics of discussion have been outstanding. But right now, as always, Let's close out the show with a three-count Q&A. The three-count Q&A is a segment where I answer three different questions from three different listeners, or sometimes... Three different questions from the same listener. It all depends on who sends in the questions. Before I answer this week's questions, I would just like to apologize for last episode <laughs> during this segment. Uh, the rant I had on McMahon. I don't want to get riled up again about it, but I apologize as I try to keep things positive here on the show. But um, that just, that's been, McMahon is, ah, I, I forget it. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Question number one comes from Eric Dresner. So remember I said I would talk about Christian later, earlier. This when he goes, he asks, what do you think of Christian turning heel and leading the faction? Uh, to be honest, I don't think he's actually starting a faction per se, but he's just in the corner of one Lucha source who I did not see coming as a heel turn. But I'll tell you what, all black Luchasaurus, all black deer, that is. Pretty badass. Pretty badass. Poor Serpentico, after winning the match against 
Troy Hollywood on fucking Sunday. He uh, loses to um, not only to Ethan Page and Dart, but he also loses to uh, Luchasaurus on Wednesday. But, um, but yeah, I don't, I mean, like I said, I think it's great that Christian's heel again. I, I'm looking forward to the Jungle Boy feud between them. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But I, I don't, I don't think he's leading a faction, though. I think he might be just may be managing Luchasaurus. But who knows? Time will tell. And then, do you think Claudio will be used as a main event talent in AEW? Well, Blood and Dutch was the main event. Claudio was in it. Yes? Let's put it this way. I think he's going to be used better in AEW than he was used in WWE. And I know it's uh, saying that it's like saying, you know, taking a jab at WWE, but it, it's the truth. It's the truth. You know, Claudio had every opportunity to be WWF champion, excuse me, WWE champion or Universal champion. And they dropped the ball. Plain and simple. And lastly, <laughs> friend of the show, friend of real life, by the way. Loyal listener and friend of the show and friend of me alive, thank you for those questions. And thank you for the topic for over the top this week. But, friend of the show, friend of me alive, Chris Susich. The question in this is in between the statements, but. <clears throat> I, I, I wrote it down word for word because I just uh, I love him. Okay. So he 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 touched him. He did these via tests, by the way. He goes, AW finally did it. I talked about it for God knows how long, and they did it. They introduced another singles title in AEW, the AEW All Atlantic Championship, and it is a beautiful belt. Chris, what if I told you I actually know the guy who designed the artwork for that belt? Which is true. I'm friends with them on Facebook. Nevertheless, uh, the question is, how long should Pat keep it? Obviously, a decent amount of time would suffice, you know? I mean, let the guy have a decent run. He hasn't had a decent title run until since his uh, NXT title days and his Cruiserweight Championship days. Let the man have a decent title run in AEW um, with his belt. I think I could see him feuding with the likes of Malachi still or like um, Miro maybe. But um, but yeah, let it, let him keep it for. A few months at least to a year months to a year maybe let him have a decent run he deserves it uh oh and then he does 
and admit you were wrong in saying that they don't need another singles belt. Now, I'm trying to remember if I did say that or not. I, I, I think I might have. But if I did, I don't recall it. But if I did, okay, I'll admit it. I was wrong to fucking stroke your big fucking head and ego. <laughs> I even know. I even know. I, <laughs> oh, God. I, where's that phone? I know I was showing the conversation. Hold on. Hold on. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, pull it up. I know. Um, okay, yeah. So then I, after he sends me these questions, I go, LOL, okay, thanks. And he goes, you're welcome. And then he goes, you have to admit, I bring it every single time. And I go, hey, now, let's not, that, let's not have that head bigger than it already is, LOL. Uh, and then he goes, I'm so big because it's full of knowledge. And I go, ah, okay, yeah. So, Christopher, there you have it. Okay, there you fucking have it. I was wrong, okay? You happy now? Um, but also, side note, I know it's a three-count Q&A, but the other question you had, not the one about Roman and Brock, because I, I don't even, don't get me started with that shit, but the one about New Japan and the issues with both Toda and Juice Robinson, I can't speak about because I don't know all the details and I don't know what to think, to be honest with you, on that. So that is why I didn't answer that one. But thank you for your other questions. And thank you for everyone for their questions. But guys, you know, it's funny. I got over 60 likes. No, that's not true. I have 59 likes on the Facebook page, 64 following on the Facebook page, and the same few people ask questions or leave categories for me to go over for the fan segments every episode. Don't get me wrong. I very much appreciate those people for doing that, because without them... The sentiments would be non-existent. But, guys, let's maybe, I don't know, get some new people to ask questions, send in comments, share noise, anybody? I can't, I, I'm, trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to make my voice go high, but it's not working. I'm tired. I don't know bad. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 38 I can't believe this has been I'm still having a blast I'm still having a damn good time doing this regardless of if it's a hobby or not even though even though I might be doing this for an audience of one I don't give a shit at least I'm doing it for someone who cares no seriously thank you all for listening All seven of you. <laughs> oh no, who who honestly if you listen to this, thank you. I, I really appreciate it in all seriousness. Uh 
And um, no matter how many people do, it, hey, the fact is, you're listening. That's the point, you know. I I can't ask for anything more than that. So I appreciate you greatly for all that listen. But please, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, or not. Uh, spread the happiness. Keep spreading the happiness. Follow us on the socials and all that good stuff. And you know what? Until next time, we'll see you next time. Until next time, we'll see you next time. For episode 39, the ultimate team of the ring tournament, joined by my brother Nick and big-headed ego himself, Tristan Susich. <laughs> I love you, Tris. You know that, right? Um, <laughs> we're going to be back with the ultimate king of the ring tournament. John Oliva, you know what to do. Take us out. Good day. Good night. Bang. Fans, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at HappyFanPod. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast. And be sure to subscribe and listen to us on various platforms that can all be found on the Aintra app. Until next time, I'm Jeff Manalia, John Oliva, take us out!